Lord shall keep us and preserve us. Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has failed. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has commissioned us. He has put his seal upon us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming to Corinth. Not that we lord it over you for faith. We work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. For I made up my mind not to make you another painful visit. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you, that my joyce would be the joy of all you. For I wrote you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory. At that time, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish, and as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, 
he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all who were with him, at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a man, Fritz Kreisler, who lived from 1875 to 1962. He was a world-famous violinist, and he earned a fortune with his concerts and his compositions, but really didn't keep much because he generously gave most of it away. So when he discovered an exquisite antique violin on one of his trips, he wasn't able to buy it, since he had given pretty much all of his money away. Later on, having raised enough money to meet the asking price, he returned to the seller who had it, hoping to purchase that beautiful instrument. But to his great dismay, it had been sold to a collector. So Chrysler made his way on to the new owner's home and offered again to buy that very violin. The collector said it had become, however, his prized possession, and he would not part from it or sell it. Keenly disappointed, Chrysler was about to leave when he had an idea. He said, could I play the instrument just one more time before it is consigned to silence forever. So the permission was granted by the new owner, and the great virtuoso filled the room with such heart-moving music that the collector's emotions were deeply stirred. The collector then said, I have no right to keep that beautiful instrument to myself. It is yours, Mr. Kreisler. Take it into the world and let the people hear it. Now turning to the gospel reading for a moment, one could listen to it, the reading from St. Luke, and take from it only that Jesus picked his first four disciples, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, while preaching at the Sea of Galilee. However, 
as there always is, there is more to the story than meets the eye. It is not just about Jesus picking his first disciples, the so-called call of the disciples. And it certainly is not about fishing. That is about the kind of fishing that we usually think about. If we understand the entire story from the perspective of the very final words spoken by Christ this morning, then it makes everything sense. Do not be afraid, he told them. Henceforth, you will be catching men. The catching of the many fish by Christ's grace was a symbol, a mystery that the apostles themselves would be sent forth to bring people into the church, into the Christian fold, more people, indeed, than they could ever imagine. This was prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah with these very words hundreds of years prior to this account. Behold, I will send my fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall fish for them. And afterward, I will send many hunters, and they shall hunt for them. Of course, the Lord speaking about the apostles going forth, fishing and hunting and bringing people into the gospel, into the church. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, the duty of bringing people to the Lord, the great God-given privilege of catching the world in the nets of the gospel is not only the duty of the apostles, and it is not only the duty of their successors, the bishops and the priests of the church. It is absolutely a universal Christian calling. The last words of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew before he ascended back into heaven gave this charge to the church. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do everything that I have taught you and commanded you. And what could be more rewarding than to bring the good news of the gospel of salvation to everyone we meet? What could bring us more joy than to know that someone very near to us who never had any hope has been touched by the sure hope of the true and authentic everlasting life that is in Jesus Christ? More than that, St. James, in his epistle, even promises us a reward for turning people back to Christ into repentance for helping them turn their life to Jesus. We save their soul by turning them to the Lord, and we receive forgiveness for our own sins. This is what St. James wrote. Whoever brings back a sinner from the error of his way will save his own soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Remember the exclamation of that violin collector and apply his words to the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. I have no right to keep that to myself. Take it into the world 
and let the people hear it. Let people hear the heavenly peace that surpassing joy that is beyond understanding and which only Jesus Christ can bring to our souls and to our hearts. Another story was that there was a young salesman who was disappointed about losing a big sale. And as he talked with his sales manager, he was lamenting, saying, I guess it is just, it just proves that you can only lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The manager replied, My son, take my advice. Your job is not to make him drink. Your job is to make him thirsty. So it is with evangelism. Our lives should be so filled with the light of Christ that they create a thirst for the gospel in others that come encounter with us, to those whom we touch and come into contact with. They might not even know what they are thirsting for at first, but we have the answer, which is the precious pearl of great price. That light cannot be hid. Should, it should never be hid, and it must shine through our lives as Christians by our character, by our actions, by our joy, our inner peace, and our love. The beautiful saying of St. Augustine tells this very succinctly. Convert those who do not believe with the example of your life so that your faith has a motive. If God's word pleases you, act accordingly, he says. Not only God's word in your heart, but in your life so that you will form God's family united and pleasing to his eyes in all of your actions. Don't doubt, brothers and sisters, that if your lives are worthy of God, unbelievers will find faith, concludes the saint. Now, did the first disciples hide the fact that they had found the Messiah? We see that they absolutely did not. They told their friends about the Savior of the world, and they brought them to him, and in turn, they too believed. Were they frightened, possibly, at first? I would say most certainly, yes. Because to push off into the deep sea of humanity, to venture into uncharted waters, can be certainly very frightful. But when we have no courage to share our faith with others and how God has worked in our own lives, when we maybe are cowards rather than catchers and pass up the opportunity to bring someone to Christ and to the eternal life that he promises, when we doubt the power of Christ's very word to act in and through us, we should then humble ourselves before the Lord, repent, and cry out as Peter did because he was doubting at first too. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And as we repent, and as we turn to Christ for his grace, his courage, and his strength, that fear, that doubt, will straightway be checked by the assuring words of the Lord. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will catch men. 
and to him be the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise at this time.